Thank you for tuning in to the Radicards podcast and Radicards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno. And joining me, of course, is Ryan Daly and my buddy, uh, special guest, uh, Rick Huaynate. Rick, did I pronounce your last name correctly? It, no, it's Huaynate. Uh, Huaynate. I was close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Rick, we brought him on because today we're just going to be talking about soccer. That's it. Uh, this whole podcast. And, and I wanted to bring him on because... Rick's a friend of mine, and I've known him for, gosh, Rick, when did we meet? 2011, about? Late 2011-ish, right in there? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, and so Rick's a big soccer fan, and he follows the sport more than myself, and I, I think more than Ryan. I'm not sure, if because Ryan and I kind of just wanted to get somebody on board to sort of help facilitate some of the dialogue a little bit. And I believe that special guests, especially this one, deserve a really fancy three- to four-word title. So, Rick, we're going to call you the Senior Soccer Insights Consultant. Yeah. Let's get right into it here. The first things first is that, you know, we discuss auctions on these podcasts, like, you know, sports card auctions, something we do. We talk about sports. We talk about sports cards. And so because we're talking about soccer in this particular podcast, I want to discuss three different auctions that recently expired. They ended. So first one's first, 2003 Panini Mega Cristiano Ronaldo, a PSA 10 rookie, closed with 15 bids at $2,413 recently. Now, it's my understanding Ronaldo is one of the top stars in soccer. And and yeah. Rick, Rick, uh, Rick, have you have you followed this guy over the years? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of uh, personally Messi, but okay. Cristiano Ronaldo is like as equal uh, a good player, and I mean, by other uh, people who are fan of him, they'll they'll argue against what I'm saying. You know, like I think Messi's like a better player overall, yeah. but they're both great players. Like they bring the you know the sport to different to a different level. Like their competition is, I think, what brought both of them to be like these major players in the world of soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rick. Rick, let me ask you a question about Ronaldo. Yeah. Um, I see this a lot in sports where there's there's a guy that's um, he's he has like this celebrity status and people sort of often overlook what he actually does on the field in the sport. And I know that Ronaldo is just like this ultra mega celebrity. Um, Do you think that sort of inflates his value as a soccer player or is he really that good of a soccer player? Uh, he's that good of a soccer player, okay. and I think his, uh, you know, he built the brand like a lot of players nowadays. They, they, you know, they have good like you know teams behind them. So I think it was just like smart decisions that he made, partnerships, and you know all the big brands. You know they want to partner up with like you know, uh, you know, a, I mean like uh, personalities like him. You know that they can sell to their you know to their products basically. So I think it's just a win-win for everybody like brands and himself. So it's just, uh, I think it helps like the sports and the brands at the same time. And fans, I think. They all win at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I, I'd, I'd followed a, some of this guy over the years. I'd heard his name dropped in conversations. And I, I know in the current market, his stuff is desirable and collected heavily. Yeah. Um, and, and this next gentleman we'll talk about here is one of the, I mean, he's, played soccer in the late 50s right so the next one we're going to talk about is uh, 1958 i'm gonna i'll see if i can pronounce this correctly alif uh bologat soccer pele rookie card oh pele yeah 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 yeah. so this particular example is the highest graded at least 
at the time of this recording. So BGS eight closed with forty nine bids at ten thousand nine hundred seventy seven dollars and seventy seven cents. Now I've heard this gentleman's name, and it's a single name. It's like Ichiro. It's like of course Ichiro Suzuki, but Pele. His his name is just his first name on cards when they print and advertise. It's just Pele, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick, can you talk about Pele's influence on soccer as we know it in the current market today? Surely he has had an influence, right? Well, I mean, with Pele, I mean, we always see him like you know the big sporting events. Um, you know, he's a, uh, you know he's from Brazil, so Brazil has like a lot of players who look up to him, and uh, he's always you know uh, get, gets interviews. He wants to know. He's always asking. They always ask him like, who's better? Uh, you know, right now, Messi or, you know, uh, I mean, who, who, who at the moment or um, <clears throat> there's a Brazilian player, Neymar. So they, he always is going to he, he always says, you know, Neymar cause he, because he's from Brazil. <clears throat> now, as far as him, um, I think it's, he's just seen like, you know, a really good player who, you know, who was popular, like you said, in the 50s or, you know, at the time. And now, I mean, he's just looked like a, say, um you know, a, a figure that, you know, like everybody looks up to, like everybody knows, you know, if you hear Pele, you're like, oh, okay, you know, your parents have talked about him, like they saw him play uh, play on TV. So uh, there's always comparisons, like, you know, would he have been better than Messi or Cristiano? Uh, you can't really tell, like, you know, times change. Uh, the way the sport is played is different. But I'm sure, like, at that moment and time, I think he was, like, the, one of the best players and I mean, if you ask, you know, if I ask my parent or my grandparents, like they'll probably say he's a good, like a better player. But again, you know, it's like a um, we're we're like uh, we're like you know comparing different times, but mm-hmm. seeing like as an idol, he's an idol. He's like he's still you know working with like you know different like organizations. I think FIFA and always kind of like an ambassador for soccer. So he always goes to different things. In Brazil or other parts of the world, um, I think he also, he even played in the U.S. at, at one time, um, towards okay. like later part of the of his, um, you know, when he was playing when he was active. So yeah, that was that was going to be one of my questions was because he seems like one of the the first sort of like founding fathers of of soccer, uh, at least in the modern sense, and I was wondering what his influence would have been in the states if he just played in brazil or if he had the opportunity to be on more of a global stage but it sounds like he maybe played towards the end of his career in the states he did i think he actually scored a lot of goals i don't i don't have the stats of how many goals but he was like a top scorer uh but uh like i was saying before you know it was different times back then i don't think he was able don't quote me this like you know it was it wasn't like now you know where like all the players go to europe Mm-hmm. And Europe has all the best players. I think he was more of like you know a a Brazil player who played really well, you know. And I think he excelled in the World Cup. So, you know, I think that's how he was you know able to like you know become the status symbol. So it's different times. I think it was different. Uh, you know, it was. I guess his stats were different at that time too, but I mean, for sure he scored a lot of goals and the way he scored the goals in the World Cup, I think that was what cemented his, like, you know, uh, his figure as being as one of the best players in the world. Wow. Yeah. 
a lot of information there I didn't know. So I'm glad you're glad we brought you on. So this is uh, this is interesting. Um, I'm glad we talked about that guy. The next gentleman uh, is somebody we're all familiar with. So this is the, uh, the third auction that, that closed recently. 2004, 2005, Panini Sports Mega Cracks. This is a Lionel Messi, rookie, PSA 10. Closed with 42 bids at 13900 Now, okay, Messi is a, he's a household name. Rick, let's talk about Messi's influence on soccer as it is today because he is a modern guy. Um, let me let me think for a second as far as like influence. I mean, I think his style of playing and the way his brand is different than you know. I'm, I'm gonna say Ronaldo again, but you know it's a different style. Like his personality is more like mellow. Uh, a lot you know, in a different crowd really follows him. But mainly, I think it's like his ability with the ball, like how he dribbles, how he's able to like you know score a lot of goals. You know, he's won so many awards throughout, throughout like, the years. Mm. Um, he, I mean, a lot of players look up to him. Even players who are, are, who are playing right now, example, uh, Paul Pogba from uh, Manchester United, like, he recently, shout, uh, he recently like, you know, gave him a shout-out. They played, I think, like, a week ago um, for, like, a championships game, and he was like, I can't believe I'm playing with, like, Messi. He's, like, one of the best players in the world. I mean, it's just, I think, um, his personality and... The way he plays, uh, he's very like quiet. Um, as far as like what he brings, you know, uh, anything else about him, like influencing, I think it's just the way he plays. He brought like another level uh, of competition, I think, to people. And I think it's uh, even, you know, like right now I'm saying, like you know, players look up to him, like current players. I think they see um, how good he is in the pitch. You know, like, between you and I, or even myself who plays soccer, like, you know, we see, I see him on TV, he he makes things look easy. Like, you know, he'll, like, kick a ball, it'll curve, scores, or he'll, like, you know, pass, like, four defenders. Um, you might think, oh, it's kind of easy, maybe. I don't know, but, you know, I think at that level, like, those players who he's playing against, they're, like, they're good, they're really good. So um, they, I think they recognize that he's a, he's an idol. He's gonna be like an idol in the future, like you know, like LA for sure. It's his like style of playing. Um, he's playing for like the, one of the biggest teams in the world, which is Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps a lot too, because you know it's like a big brand that a lot of people look up to. They always you know watch the games every weekend, and he plays uh, for Argentina, who's like an, who's another country similar to Brazil, where they're like devoted to soccer. So they. You know, there's like when there's a soccer game, they all like stop and watch the game. Or uh, I think he did, didn't win like the last two World Cups, um, and also like the the regional World uh, the regional cup in the Americas. Mm-hmm. But it, it's still like you know people say you know I mean he he was able to get there like every single time. It wasn't just luck that he wasn't able to get those cups. But as an individual player, he's he's won everything. Like, he's won, like, several, like, uh, Golden Boots. He's won, like, Liga titles, championship, cha- Champion League titles. So, um, I think that's what he brings. Like, he brings, like, his, uh, you know, winning, winning um, attitude and his play style. I got a question for you. Basketball has Michael Jordan. They think of basketball. They think of Michael Jordan. Those are, like immediately synonymous with thought process you know people that jordan is known as the greatest basketball player ever and 
when you think of soccer, what's who who is the player that you think of that that kind of has that same position in soccer? Because Jordan's position is cemented forever in history. His legacy is is permanent. So in soccer, when you think of a guy who matches that level, that that echelon, who comes to mind? What name comes to mind? Is it Messi, or is it somebody else? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one more person. It's gonna be different for for whoever you ask. Right. Whoever you talk to, uh, you're gonna have a lot of people because uh, you know soccer's a big game in the world. So uh, some people are gonna say Maradona, some people are gonna say Pelé. Um, but I mean, nowadays, I mean, those are going to be like the top two recently, of course, it's going to be, uh, Messi and, and Ronaldo, but, uh, Johan Cruyff, Johan Cruyff, he was, uh, he's European. He's also, he was also a really good player. Pelé and Maradona are probably like the most known people. If you ask anybody, even people who are not follow soccer, they'll, they'll hear his name and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's uh, Argentinian or like he's Latin America or something. Do you think, uh, is David Beckham someone that people would would say is synonymous with with soccer? Oh, you know what? Yeah, you're right. So I, uh, he would be like in the time before Messi and Ronaldo. Right. So I was he, thinking about about David Beckham and just sort of leading into the discussion we're going to have about soccer in in the states and um because he he was obviously a huge story when he came and played for the Galaxy. Um, which seems forever ago. I can't think of the year offhand, but um, he was, came over. When I, when I believe he was sort of over the hill in his career, right? When he came to LA. Actually, not really. Like, not really. Okay. He was uh, he was kind of in between. I think he was playing for Real Madrid or PSG, mm-hmm. but he still had like a good like you know a couple more years left uh, because he was still playing for like top level teams. You know, I think if he was maybe playing for like a second tier then we can say like he yeah he, he was kind of coming down the you know his level but no he actually like i think that he, he came in 2007 to uh galaxy and um it was a pretty big deal i mean you know i think he, it was a good time for him to come in because a lot of reasons reasons like you know because he wanted to like expand his brand uh, into the American market and global, and he also I think wanted to be like near Hollywood, you know, because sure. uh, you know it's a big market there too for like you know TV and movies. Oh yeah. So, so um, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I forgot about him, but uh, I was thinking more like you know, like I guess a little bit older, like you know, uh, older like idols. But yeah, I know for sure he's like another one, but he's more of a, I think he's more of a brand, but he's a really good player. Uh, but I wouldn't put him like in the level of Pelé or Maradona or uh, Messi or Ronaldo. Maybe not as much, but maybe somebody else might might say otherwise. You know, if you're okay. an English fan, you'll you'll be like, no, he's a really good player. He's, yeah, okay. And so I guess that sort of leads into my next question about um, like you don't see a lot of big name European. Uh, Spanish, South American players coming to play in the MLS, uh, at least at least from my point of view. And this is someone that doesn't quite pay attention to soccer overall. Um, I know that there's been a guy that has signed with um, LAFC recently, but so I know it happens. But I know that like the level of the David Beckham type situations just don't happen very often. 
So do you think, like, does it behoove the Messi's of the world and the Ronaldo's of the world just to stay in the British Premier League um, or to stay in South America? Um, or do you think it would benefit them to come to America and play? Um, I think it would be good. I mean, I think they would do it if the money was, you know, the same as Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the amount of money they get paid in Europe, like in top teams, even second level teams within the leagues, are, it's still a lot more than the U.S. Uh, or Mexico. Actually, Mexico's a little pays a little more, but I think that's the reason why maybe they don't they don't come in until maybe they're like on the last years of their career, uh, because you know they'll get whatever they you know can get. Um, but I mean, exception was like, um, Beckham was an exception. I think he still had like more years to come. Slatan, he was, uh, he came in, I think last year, he kind of took a big pay cut, but you know, in promises of other, um, incentives, um, as far as like, you know, you were saying like the guy from LAFC, his name is Bella. He's, Bella. Still, he's still in his prime. Like he's, I think, uh, 28 or something. So he's got a lot of years left. Okay. Uh, I don't think he was considered like you know a messy type of player, uh, but he's a it's a good player all around. Uh, still, there was even rumors of Barcelona kind of wanting him to play for the team like last summer, uh, but I mean I think he probably decided for other reasons to stay in the MLS. I know that you're right. There's not a lot of players who come in from Europe or you know who are top level who want to play here. At the moment, and I think it's because of the money. I mean, MLS has a structure where, like, they have three designated players, and they get the the you know the big uh, check, you know, and and then everybody else gets like you know a, a lot less of money, and they can, sometimes you know even those top players cannot you know it, it's not too big of incentive for them to play in an MLS. I know in China, like they pay a lot more. So most, and some players actually decide to go to China because they, they'll get like triple or four times. Even the uh, uh, the Middle East, like there's like Dubai has like a league that they're getting some good players, maybe top-notch players, and they're playing there because of the money. So mm-hmm. they're going there for the money, of course. Um, and maybe like in a couple of years, like, you know, as it grows, they'll have more uh, like a bigger budget to get, you know, bigger names signed. But uh, at the moment, how the system with MLS is working, I think they're kind of changing their the way they do it. They want to they're targeting more like younger players and they're getting younger players from South America to play for MLS. And then if they get good at it, you know, the idea is to like sell them to Europe. Which which already happened with Atlanta United, I think they got like a lot of like South American players, and I think two of them excel, and one of them already played went to play in England, um, and and they actually won the, the the league last year, you know, because they had such a good team. Um, so I think it's like a different approach that they're going with the MLS. Um, it's. Uh, but I mean, it's now that uh, Beckham, you know, the word talk about Beckham, he's going to have a team in Miami. I'm sure he's got a, like a lot of like uh, influence amongst uh, players at the moment that they'll want to like, you know, play for him, even though if they're not like uh, towards the end of their career, like in, in like social media, like some some like top players, they, they even joke around like, yeah, I'm already excited about the team. I'll play for Miami FC. 
you know, when, when they start in a couple of years. So who knows? I mean, I think we'll probably see like even Messi or Cristiano if the money's here and if the if the MLS as a whole, not like as an individual uh, team, decides, you know, let's invest more money, let's bring these guys, we'll pay them a little extra. And I think if they decide to do that, then they'll, you know, it'll happen, you know, kind of like what they did with Beckham because that was exactly what happened. And I think he he made, like, a lot of people more aware of the sport and, you know, he, I think he helped a lot, a lot of teams, you know, get noticed, I think, because, you know, uh, LA Galaxy will play against, you know, other teams in MLS. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. It's a good insights, man. Thanks for sharing, Rick. Really appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to move on to the, the two questions we've got on some of the data that we've collected. April 18th, I published an article uh, that basically was the results of data, Twitter, a couple of Twitter polls that I, that I, I published and, and marketed for a, a, a week. And I had two questions, okay? Because here's, here's where I wanted to go with this. I wanted to see, in the United States, you know, will soccer ever be as popular as football? That was, that was one question. It's my understanding that football in the United States is the highest grossing sport based on advertising revenue, almost alone, really, uh, because people watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, you know? And so, and you've got tons of endorsement deals and all this. And so, uh, we all, all three of us have read the data. I've, of course, me, because I produced the, the data results here. And the, the first question in the United States, do you think soccer will ever be as popular as football? Out of uh, 46 responses, at 45 no's and one yes. I know, I did see that. I, I was like looking at the data that you like put up on the article and I'm like, okay, that's that's interesting. But then I started thinking like, okay, I mean, we got to take consideration like your followers, uh, who you were asking the questions. Maybe they're more of like, you know, football fans or maybe more of like, you know, baseball fans. I'm speculating, but um, I think that's why you got like a big response towards like, yeah, no, it's not going to happen. But I think it look based on how it is now. I mean, if you if you go against football, yeah, there's no way MLS at the moment can compete. Like, there's no way. Like, I think um, I was like man, I talking to a little bit the other day that something big would have to happen. I mean, some big changes like with MLS, you know, with maybe bringing like uh, Messi or Ronaldo or like doing some other bigger things that will catapult that, you know, to get to that level. Um, you know, to actually compete with it. But likely, like, it'll even be, like, years, like 20, 30 years, if anything, to go against the NFL. Because even, like, if we look in history from other countries, like, how their leagues came to be, like, they, like, in Mexico, for example, I think the league is, like, 110 years old or something. And I think recently in the 80s or something or 90s, it barely became, like, to be more popularized. Um, you know, it's it takes a while to build off what Rick was just saying. MLS has been around since 1996. NFL has been around since the 20s. Yep. Um, and then if you look at the other two big sports or three big sports, you know, hockey uh, and baseball and basketball, um, they've also been around since much long, way before 1996. So um, I, I think MLS is still sort of like in its teenage years in a way. It could sort of explode, but I think Rick's right. I think it takes the kind of talent to get people to come 
to the games and, and watch the games on TV. And if the leagues continue to be so popular in Europe and in South America and in Latin America, uh, America might not see that kind of talent come in. Yeah, this is interesting conversation because, you know, Rick, you brought up a good point. And um, the, I don't know the interest makeup of my Twitter followers. I, I mean, to some degree, I do like their card collectors and you know, some of guys follow sports a little bit more. They maybe listen to podcasts. It'd be kind of difficult for me to measure quickly how many of them are avid soccer fans, right? And so that is that does pose an interesting layer of 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 uh, question, if you will, on the data received because we're looking at you know it, it could be the sense that uh, uh, the, the the responses came from people who generally don't like soccer. I, I don't know, but if they don't, yeah. then it's going to be weighed on the, the no probably and more so than the, than, than the yes but if they're big yeah. soccer fans they might have uh likelihood to, to, to you know hit the yes button on that one i don't know though i can't i can't back any of that up with any degree of certainty what i'm saying is that um my content is primarily about baseball and i'd branch out occasionally and so because of that i've attracted people that are of similar mindsets and so this particular piece of content that we're producing right now is sort of a way to kind of get a better grasp on some of the other sports that are out there. And this particular one, obviously being soccer. So I wanted to get an idea of if I, you know, I have over a thousand Twitter followers, you know, and I have this big of a difference. Um, I mean, that's still very significant one way or the other. Right. And so I just I wanted to talk about that because I look at soccer as something that's so new. Ryan, you brought this point up. It's so new. NFL was founded in 1920s, you know, MLS founded in the 1990s. And so we've got this huge block of time where you know, football's finally woven into the culture of you know, the America. You know, we, 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 we ardently watch the, the Super Bowl for the commercials and the games. And we like, you know, it's just football's a big part of the American culture. We love football. And so um, soccer's been around for thousands of years and became uh, more refined in the, um, the yeah mid nineteenth century in England. So it was it's still relatively new, but it's quite it has much richer history than the big four that we have here, right? So because it's so old, like three thousand years ago in Mesoamerican cultures. A couple things about soccer: because of market proliferation alone, just by design it's going to be more attended than any other sport in the world because it's all over the world. It, it's, it's the most popular sport for the same reason Walmart is the bigger, biggest seller of produce in the United States because there's so many Walmarts peppered about the United States. You know? And so you have so many sports teams or so many soccer teams peppered about the world, you're going to obviously have higher attendance levels overall in comparison to any of the sports that are mainly in the United States. So I understand that. I do. But Ryan brought up a good point that it's still so new, it's going to take a, be a while before it can compete with, you know, the, the, the big four that we have in the United States. I mean, it, we might get there. I don't know. I just know that culturally speaking, um, I feel like soccer is kind of it's going to be a while before it's it's we look back and reminisce about soccer memories. Like when I was a kid, we used to go to like we do with baseball or football or even basketball. You know, I think it's just going to take some time before we get to that point. Um, and it might happen, you know, it might, it, it, because it is popular. It, soccer teams are well attended in the United States, at least that's my understanding. Uh, maybe just not as attended as, say, if the, the soccer teams in Europe, right? And so that's kind of the way I think about it is like, well, 
the, the question, will I ever, is kind of a, it's, it's a big one because I don't yeah. know, you know, will, will anything ever be, I don't know. I can't, I could say like at this time in the near future, no, but maybe in the long future out, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, maybe, you know? Right. And so I, I look at this as like a kind of a long-term thing. Um, but I, I'm glad we got to talk about this because Rick, when we were on the phone the other day, you had mentioned that, you know, if World Cup is hosted in the United States, that could help be a, a push to get soccer to be much more powerful and, and uh, uh, popular in the United States. I think that yeah. would be kind of like almost a catalyst for popularity oh, yeah. in the United States. It's that, you know, I think the first catalyst was the first World Cup in the U.S. Uh, 1994, two years after three, uh, MLS started, you know, the official league. And now there's going to be another chance in a couple of years. I think it's about eight years or something like that, that um, I think that the, U the U.S., Mexico, and Canada are going to be hosting. So that might be another opportunity for you know, the, the league to even become bigger. And, and I mean, it's, it's just a matter of like, you know, I guess what happens then, you know. And also I think I mentioned to you like the, the makeup of the uh, population of the U.S., you know, you get a lot of more like, you know, Latinos watching it or their kids watching it. Um, you know, then you're going to start getting more like TV ratings, more people attending. Uh, Europeans, you know, that live in the U.S., you know, English, you know, or even for other countries, they also watch soccer. Like you mentioned, you know, outside of the U.S. is popular. So it's a matter of like, I guess, a culture thing. If, you know, if, if more people start coming, I mean, I don't know, like, coming in or having kids they're going to influence somehow you know what you know what their parents watch so uh but again like it'll take time it'll take you know uh at least 10 20 years to see how it's going to come up um so yeah that's going to be a catalyst that's interesting i, I didn't know the world cup was coming back that'll be fun yeah. i know the, the yeah. most fun i've ever had watching soccer was yeah. was during the world cup um and it, it's always a fun time um let me ask you a question about the MLS and just overall soccer's um, digital marketing, because I know that that's a big issue for every single sport. Um, and I know MLB has struggled with um, how they market their players, and you know the baseball is largely seen as a team sport, so it's hard to sort of pull out one person and highlight them, whereas in basketball. I mean, there's Steph Curry, uh, Patrick referenced Michael Jordan. He's like obviously the, the face of NBA for many years. Uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, there's just like specific guys that the NBA has been able to successfully leverage from a marketing point of view to bring in um, fans and people that buy tickets and people that watch on TV. Uh, do you think the MLS will be able to highlight certain players in America to sort of bring in new audience members or is soccer sort of destined to be like a, a team sport? Like baseball is very team sport. Hockey is very team sport. Um, I mean, do you think there's going to be guys that they can highlight or do you think it's just going to be a uh, team sport forever? No, they, they already do. I mean, right now, like the designated players, those are like the, you know, the three players that each team gets and they get to, you know, pay a lot more money to. And usually they get, you know, kind of big names like Zlatan, 
from LA Galaxy. He he brings a lot of people excitement to go see him because he's a really good player. Um, then a, a new guy who came in from uh, England, uh, Wayne Rooney, he's playing for uh, DC United. That's another big guy who you know people want to see see him play. Uh, there's like a bunch of designated players who are not like you know known by a lot of people, but in the soccer um, community or you know soccer fans, they, they know who those those people are. So they do like you know want to make you want to go see the see them at, at a stadium. Uh, those are like some people that I can remember right now. Um, you know, Bella also he's like a, a big name. You know, and they brought him strategically to the LA because he's he's Mexican, and there's a lot of you know Mexican uh, Mexican community in LA. So they they brought him for a reason. You know, because they want more of like you know the et, you know people who who are Mexican to follow the team. So they they do strategic. Um, um, I guess you know talent seeking in different parts of the uh, the country. Like at one time, I think New York too had like David uh, Villa. He was a, a World Cup winner with Spain. So they always you know do those things. And I think um, um, at the moment it's probably the only two guys who are probably well known is Latin Ibrahimovic and uh, Wayne Rooney. But of course, it's not to the level of Beckham. But I think once we get in the future, you know, like a Messi or Ronaldo, then that might be another like Beckham moment, uh, which we might see. I mean, I think if the money's there, marketing, I think they they might decide to do that. Uh, maybe Ronaldo more, you know, for LA because you know he he might want to do like movies and stuff like that. So who knows? But uh, to, to your question, hopefully answered. I mean, it's they they do have it, but not to like the level of, like. You know, Stephen Curry, who everybody knows, even myself, you know, who, I mean, I do follow some basketball, but I know who it is, you know, and I think mm-hmm. most people would also also tell you, but nobody, uh, unless you follow soccer, will tell you, okay, I know who uh, Wayne Rooney is, or Slatan, maybe, but, you know, it's one of those things, you know, um, it's not there yet, I think, but okay. they have that, they have that uh, structure already. Yeah. Well, if it means anything, I know who Wayne Rooney is, I, oh. I, but I did not know that he was playing in the States. <laughs> so that's, oh, yeah, he is. He is. That's, yeah. that's news to me. I did know who he was um, when he was playing in England, but um, that's yeah. okay. That's good to know. Glad I asked that question. You know, this is a good uh, segue into the next question on the on the the, 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 the next poll, essentially, the next poll, question of the poll, uh, this other poll anyway. Globally, do you think soccer cards will ever be as popular as basketball cards? Now, Ryan, this is probably maybe more our domain, but certainly, Rick, uh, jump in. You know, if you feel like you, your insights could be, uh, you have something to share, if you will. Um, but, you know, Rick and Ryan, soccer cards are obviously it's a global thing. More, more maybe more popular uh, historically outside of the United States. Although they've become more popular inside the United States since Panini's restructure in the late 2000s sort of brought them in a more mainstream format um, in, in the United States and in this, in this culture in, in America. But globally speaking, basketball cards have huge popularity. Uh, there's a large, huge market in, in Asia. Because soccer cards almost in a way kind of more recently became popular in the United States, they sort of missed the what we call the 90s insert craze. Ryan, you and I are aware of this. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that they also missed like the game used craze of like the 2000s. 
um, and the autograph thing that, that's sort of become like the, the staple of, of hits that are in the modern market. Because they missed all those things, we don't look back and say, man, I wish I would have had enough money. I'm buying all the soccer cards in the 90s I couldn't afford when I was you know, a, a young boy. Like we look, back, like we look at you know, now with, with baseball cards. Um, do you think that soccer cards over time will ever be as popular or as desirable as basketball cards? Because we have seen, Ryan, you and I recently have seen Jordan sales upwards of near $400,000 for a single card. You know, mm-hmm. do you think that we'll see soccer cards produce those kinds of monetary results down the line? You think Messi cards and Pele cards will will fetch these crazy high figures at some point down the line? I I'm very skeptical. I I, I would I'm going to say no, mostly because basketball as a sport is becoming extremely popular in Asia and in the Middle East, and not just American basketball, but there are leagues, like very successful leagues in Asia and in the Middle East where American players are playing and Chinese players are playing and Middle Eastern players are playing. And um, the basketball movement is just is so significant in those parts of the world. Um, and I think just sports card investing overall from a global perspective is becoming more intense. People are starting to realize that buying a Jordan rookie card is potentially a better investment opportunity than investing your money into standard American stocks, um, which is another topic for another podcast. Sure. Um, But I think people are starting to realize that and soccer just doesn't have that um, card collecting history to invest in mm-hmm. you can't go back and f- i mean maybe the pele stuff you re- you referenced early from the late 50s but that seems like sort of an outlier to me like there's not a lot of significant cards from the 50s and 60s and 70s that you can go sink your money into in the soccer world right um so i i think those two those two points alone just the history of of basketball cards and and the history or in and the new future that basketball is making for itself in these new parts of the world um it's going to be hard for soccer to catch up but you know soccer is also extremely popular in those parts of the world in asia and in the middle east and um you know i I think it's sort of like a brave new world for the for the folks at panini and the other folks that have rights to to produce the cards um for those teams if if they decide to be aggressive and they decide to be innovative and they want to really drive home their products, um, they could prove me wrong. And I, I, I kind of hope they do. I think it'd be cool to see a resurgence of, um, of soccer cards and, and see some innovation in the hobby in general, um, not just in baseball, but in, in other sports. Sure. So those are so, sort of my thoughts. I don't know if, if Rick agrees or disagrees or, um, I mean, I think I agree with it. Um, how I see it, uh, from my perspective, is that for you know more a popularity or more like importance of the soccer cards would be if, if it's if it's done on a country level. Like in my experience, like you know, usually when the World Cup happens, you know, like the Panini that you know was mentioned, um, those become more important than you know like uh, you know like a regular player. You know, if the if the player 
plays for like a league. Um, they would have to play for like a top team, like a world team, you know, like Barcelona, Real Madrid, or like a English team, you know, for it to be kind of valued, some you know, valued, um, important. Um, so, I mean, as personally, like I haven't like you know bought any like soccer cards. Um, I think when I was younger, I didn't get an album for like a so- uh, for a World Cup. Um, I tried, I think, to like uh, buy all the cards because the, the goal is to you know like collect all of them and put in the album. But I think I was able to get like eighty percent. Um, but those are still very popular. Depending if your country's going, then it's important to you. But if your country's not, it means it's not that important. Uh, but some people who are fans, they'll, they'll still collect because you see all the best players. Um, I see that, you know, for it to work, I think they would have to focus in, like, only the top teams. And it's kind of like what I was saying with, like, you know, the designated players. I'm sure, like, you know, you're only going to focus on, like, the top players from each team. Where, where if you have, like, you know, I think you have, like, 23 players per team. I mean, it's like, okay, so who's more important? But, again, I don't know too much about the cards. I know, like, you know... Even basketball, you have, like, a lot of players in the team, right? Like, I guess all of them have cards or just a few. I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I would put importance, I guess, on the most popular ones, I, I think. And, I mean, I think it'd be cool. I mean, I, I mean I'm mean, i actually going to look into those cards now that you guys are mentioning. I mean, maybe, you know, like to collect some of them, you know, now um, that if it's available, if there's, like, a messy card, Barcelona or you know top players then you know maybe those might be worth later on in 10 20 years mm-hmm. you know maybe like in a couple of years that becomes popular I mean maybe that's a good investment you know to do it now if it's already available because you know they're also like in a couple of years you're not going to see like you know Messi Ronaldo play at the, at the top level but if you have those things you know they can become collectible nonetheless for like the soccer fans so um, I don't know. I think it's like, uh, but probably focus just on like the top players, and and then you know maybe later on it'd be like worth a lot of money. So, uh, Rick, the the album that you're talking about, are you talking about the stickers that you get, and you, you try to collect the whole sticker book? And oh the, yeah, the sticker, yeah. So those yeah. Have, those have have like massive international popularity. But let's talk about the data results of this question. So. Um, it pulled in 41 responses, and 37 of them were no. Yeah. And then four of them were yes. All right. Okay, so I, I that again, you know, with the the data collection, the 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 uh, the the makeup of my voters, I can't say with any degree of certainty who is or isn't a soccer fan. I'm not going to even go in that direction. I'm going to say that this is also statistically significant. So. I think for the points that Ryan mentioned, uh, you know, soccer cards, it's going to be a long time before they're, they're even at any level to compete with the popular basketball cards, knowing where basketball cards have been in the past. You know, basketball cards were very much a part of the 90s thing. A lot of refractors and precious metal gems and low serial numbered inserts at, at, at high insertion ratios uh, at a time when Jordan still played along with a slew of other superstars. Um, those things have really caught on in popularity as the youngsters reach their 30s and pick up full-time jobs, and they have a little bit, you have quite a bit more discretionary income to spend on high-end cards that they always wanted when they were kids. So this is a kind of contributed to what's kind of tied into why um, basketball cards 
uh, from this era have have done really well and their international intrigue. Now, uh, Rick, you had brought up points that you know, yeah, there are there are uh, soccer cards of players, certain players, very specific players that have in the current market, as we've discussed already, very high monetary value. And that value I see will continue to increase over time as the sport of soccer becomes more popular in America. That's kind of how I predict this. Okay, mm -hmm. so, but I, I honestly think knowing that, how many more basketball players are well known, um, at least, I, and I don't know this factually, I just know that like in the United States and America, when I go to like a bar or like, you know, go hang out somewhere with people talk sports, most of these people are talking baseball, football, basketball, some hockey. I I almost rarely ever hear anybody talk about highlights of players in, in soccer. And so I think to myself, okay, who are the big soccer players? And I, I'm learning, you know, I'm learning like, like some of these guys, right? But I have, my knowledge base is so much wider with basketball and I don't, you know, I, 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 I follow it a little bit and I, I buy some of the cards, but I wouldn't really consider myself a basketball card collector. I'm more of a baseball guy, but I've always appreciated the nineties thing, how it, it, it the nineties category of sports cards in general was just very interesting to me because every, every brand was trying to outdo itself, outdo each other. And soccer wasn't part of that. We just didn't get that at that time that, you know, the tops and, and pinnacle and upper deck and leaf and, uh, select and score Don Russ. We didn't have soccer cards produced by these brands, so they kind of missed that boat. So in the current market, with Panini producing most of what's what we see available in the market, there's a lot of interesting things being produced now. So in 20, 30 years, are we going to see an influx of buyers for the stuff that's being produced now? And people look back and be like, "Man, I wish I had the money to buy that card," because that that the, those auctions that we discussed, some of them are. Obviously, the, the, in the 2000s, you know, so they're 15 plus years old now, roughly in that area. So we're looking at like, okay, gosh, I, would, I wish I would have bought that Ronaldo or that Messi, but I didn't even know about these cards back then. You know, I, I just, I had no idea. I, I just more recently in the past like five years learned about these guys' names, you know, and so. And I think they were also kind of starting at that time. You know, so I think some people bet that they were going to, you know, become big and, and they did. It's kind of, you know, they, you know, I mean, some of the people who bought, I mean, maybe they kind of knew uh, they have potential. So in a way, I guess, you know, there's probably a lot of players now. I mean, old cars that you, we can buy, anybody can buy. And if, you know, they become the next Messi, which there will be another Messi, Ronaldo, you know. And then you can definitely, like, you know, and you can sell it for a lot more money. So I think there's something there. You know, you just have to, like, you know, get get those cards, you know, before anybody else. Right. And I'm sure, you know, it'll definitely be worth it later on, you know, once they become popular, whoever it is. I'm, I'm sure, you know, and, and since so we're talking about, like, long term, I know MLS will get, you know, somewhat big or big in 10, 20 years. And... It'll definitely be like worth like collectibles. I mean, I can tell you like a lot of the new teams, the MLS teams, are branding themselves in such a way that they're like a world brand, not just like MLS brand. Example, you know, not to say you know I'm an LAFC fan, you know, so their branding, the way they you know build their brand is, is they're not going for just the MLS, you know status, which they are, of course, they're that's their league, but they're you know their whole thing is like become a world 
brand like Barcelona, Madrid, and they're kind of already doing that with their icon, with their hats. I don't know if you've seen their hats, but you know they're kind of uh, piggyback riding on like the you know baseball hats, you know. And I even have two pairs of hats, you know, from LAC. They're they look cool. They're branded. You can tell, okay, they're from LA. Cool. Uh, the black and gold, you know, that's a cool thing. Like, you know, and people who come to LA, like visitors, they they're going to see the games at the at the new stadium because it's downtown. And a lot of these MLS teams are doing the same thing. Like they're they're building it. So it, you know, if they're in major cities, they're building so it becomes a a, a worldwide brand. Not just like, and and I think they're probably also kind of like, you know, uh, sharing some of the knowledge from the NBA, which you know they're already kind of already are probably like a world brand, you know, like in for different teams. I mean, they're gonna do the same thing. They're gonna go into like different um, countries, maybe China, other parts, you know. And I, you know, I think that's their goal ultimately. So I think uh, investing on MLS, like. Anything at the moment, I think it's it's very well. It's it's, it's going to be a very good investment in the future. You know, whether it's cards, anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're doing a really good, great things like business-wise. You know, and MLS and individual teams. Let me ask you this though. Yeah. Just broadly speaking, okay. If I have three and a half hours to spend watching a game of some capacity, right? Like, and and soccer games can be scored one to zero. Like yes. for the entire game, like I look at, you know, basketball, you can get into like the triple digits, like in the hundreds, like point scoring. Cause it's like constant point, 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 three point, two point, whatever. Baseball, a little bit slow in, at times. And it can have these, it, it can have a one to zero score can, but usually it's like somewhere in like a little bit higher than that. Football, it, it's kind of all over the board, right? But you're going to get you know, touchdowns and passes and things. And hockey's much like basketball in that way because really, structurally speaking, all the big four, except for baseball, are identical in structure to soccer. You're pushing something from one end of the field to the other, right? Or the court. It's the same. So I I look at it as like, well, if I'm at a game and I want to see action taking place, I mean, if you look at it from a numbers perspective, the basketball game is going to be the most interesting of all four, all five, because you've got points happening so quickly, so quickly, all the time. Football is littered with, with buzzers and pauses, and it just takes forever sometimes to see a single point, which sometimes it's, it's like, who do, you, who do I ask? I mean, that, these are good points. Like, it's kind of an unfair question, right? But I look at it like, if I want to see action taking place on a field, yeah. I personally would like to see action taking place quickly because you know like i just want to see things happen fast all the time and so i look at it as like well does a score of one to zero for three and a half hours of your time does that seem interesting is that an interesting sort of like yes. uh, this is kind of a question that yes. I, I, i'm curious to know like of everybody like what do they think you know it is no, yeah it it is i mean it's <laughs> it's like for sure like it's a different way of looking at it for sure yeah i mean if you if you put it like you're saying you know okay i want to see more points or i want to see more action yeah of course if you compare it to those uh things i mean it's not going to be you know enjoyable what happens with soccer is like it's like that oh man it's almost he almost scored you know like the whole play or like you know what did he do like did he get fouled out or like you know they're trying to you know score i think i don't know it's like a dance almost mm. It's like a dance, you know, against, you know, a player or like against, you know, one. Uh, it's like a battle, I see it. You know, it's like you're rooting for your team. You're like, 
you want them to win. I mean, of course, at times some games are boring. Like some games are like nothing's happening. Yeah. Well, either because like their strategy was like way too defensive on both sides, or maybe even like the maybe the quality of the players are not best. Like, and I can be honest, like some MLS games are boring, like because they're not like you know, I don't know what it is. Sometimes they are boring, but when you see like, I mean, other teams like sometimes they go at it like back and forth. That's as a soccer player, you want to see the back and forth, even though they don't score, like the almost kind of like, oh man, he missed. You know, you're like, oh, that was close. Um, or, you know, it's like, it's more like a little more, like, a little bit dramatic. Uh, mm-hmm. okay? And some players bring on the drama as well. Like, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen like uh, Neymar, you know, there's there's been memes about him, like he kind of fakes the fouls, like it makes him yeah. what it is. <laughs> so some players do that, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, what the heck, you know, or, or like they have plays where like there's offsides, you'll be like, no, it's not. Or like then you you kind of like the ref sometimes doesn't see something. So you kind of, I guess you get this different things in the game that, you know, it's interesting. But at times some games are going to be boring. Yeah. When you get to the, the competitive, like the high level, like Champions League, those games are intense because they're going for like a big uh, award. And then you get like the best players for each, you know, each like country, like the best teams. Then you're like going a different, like, you know, it's a totally different level. And sometimes you see like these goals that are like, I can't believe he scored. Like one thing like I remember right now, Ronaldo scoring like last Champions League, like a scissor kick. Like I was like, I'm not, I, again, I'm telling you, like I'm not more of a Messi fan. I'm like, I'm a Barcelona fan and he's, he was playing at Real Madrid. And he scored, like, this goal. Like, it's an amazing, like, beautiful goal. And I cannot say, like, oh, you know, because he's not, like, in my team. I mean, like, he he's not, you know, he sucks. I mean, it was great. Like, you know, and people kind of appreciate that. And I don't know. There's always, like, some something happening uh, in the game that, you know, players who like it, they enjoy it. I mean, if you're an outsider, you're kind of going to be like, yeah, what the heck. But I think once you know, people get um, into it, like the other day, for example, I was in Vegas. I was like trying to catch a soccer game, and you're right. Like you know, people they they're like what you know uh, we're watching. They were I think they were watching like the Masters, like the golfing, right? Right. Because it was Masters, and I'm like, okay, and I I didn't even know. Like that, that that's for me. I, I I didn't know that was happening, but I get it. You know, like if I'm watching golf too, like it's the same perspective. It's like oh, that's kind of boring, but if you really get into the game, you can kind of see like you know you start seeing different things. Like, I'm sure if, like, I really put in effort or, like, you know, I sit down golf, golf can probably become, you know, really enjoyable. I mean, I, I see, like, they're, you know, it tends to be a little more older crowd. So maybe, I mean, maybe when I get older, I'll be more like a, a golf, you know, fan. I mean, I don't think I'll ever lose, like, the soccer fanatic, you know, because that, you know, you take that, you know, forever. Uh, but uh, I think it's just the way you see it, the perspectives, and, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just, like... I can I can share that with you that I, I really enjoy it. Um, I think it's just you know because I, I think I was like raised with that. Mm-hmm. I think that has to do a lot with it. Like you mentioned, you know, you were raised, you know, uh, watching baseball, or maybe you know you went with you know you know when you were younger to the games. So I think that you know takes a big uh, consideration to like you know what your likes are, you know, and you what what do you gravitate towards. So I mean. Those are good yeah. points. I, 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 you know, I, I, you brought up a good point during this dialogue, which is, you know, once you learn about something, you might start to enjoy it a little bit more, right? Yeah. So for me, 
I prop <laughs> I think my 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 general disinterest is just because I don't know enough about it. Like I, I know I know how the, it's played. I get I get how the, yeah. the game of soccer is played. I just you know I I don't know a lot of people. I mean I know you and like one other guy. Um, and so I don't know enough people to have enough dialogue to where I can learn enough about it to really start to grow an interest in it. And I think that's where my like bias comes to like, well, I want, you know, action packed games, but there is action at the high level of soccer, you know, high level athletes are going to produce action regardless of points are scored. You know, I have to remind myself of that with like, it's not just about points. It's about what's, what's happening in the game. And that's something that I, I have to just take a step back and be like, what is actually taking place here? strategy right it's like a game of chess and so it's like things are happening regardless of if an opponent goes down or not or a point is being scored uh interesting plays are taking place all the time on fields and courts all over the, the world and so that's something i have to remind myself when i think about action and what it means to be entertained in sports and so i appreciate you bringing that to my attention because this is like a nice reminder and i, I will say uh in in regards to your point about action and points being scored. Uh, football has changed their rules dramatically to make sure that games aren't just defense on defense, that they're, you know, high scoring games. Um, you can't really touch the quarterback anymore in football. Um, defenses are very, like, you know, concerned about what they do because one hit can be illegal and one hit can be legal. Um, and those are pretty new rules that the NFL has has instigated uh, baseball turned a blind eye to steroids in the nineties mm -hmm. because viewership was so high marquee value. Totally. Yeah. And, and baseball has, has taken other rules um, into play recently, you know, just sort of speeding up the game, making it a little more watchable on TV. Um, you know, NBA famously added the three point line. They sort of stole that from the ABA um, just because that was, it made the games higher scoring. It made it more fun. Um, and I, I sort of respect soccer in the sense that, um, I can't think of any huge rule change that soccer has instilled in the game to make it faster or higher scoring. Um, and as far as I can tell, and I'm, I'm definitely not a, a big viewer of, of soccer games, but, um, the game is from a rules perspective hasn't changed a lot or if at all is that true do you think rick uh no it has changed like yeah, recently, okay interesting recently like i think the uh introduction of bar var uh the uh the beta referee has you know changed it a little okay bit. video oh. yeah, well that's 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 also true in other sports like the video replay um i think that's you know across the board in baseball most recently um, that's a reality now. So it, it, anything else besides the video replay? Uh, not that I, no, I think that's it for now, but there's going to be some changes pretty soon too, like subtle changes. There's always like little changes to the game, uh, like for fouls and stuff like that. Um, but one thing I can say about the VAR thing is like, even within soccer fans, you get like a mixture of people who like it and dislike it. You know, people who are, there's a word for them, like, people who want it to stay the same they're like you know you're changing the game like it's not the same i like the way it is like for me i like it you know i think it's cool i think it makes it more like fair that was recently like the biggest change the bar it's, it's happening little by little mls uh 
for sure, like I think it started like at the very first year after the World Cup, and now like major uh, tournaments like the Champions League and top uh, leagues in Europe are starting to you know get into it. Uh, not everybody's going to do it because it's like expensive to have your stadiums, you know, be uh, able to like you know uh, be like certified, you know, to have those things. I got a question for you. So in football, we have a touchdowns worth six points. Do you think that if they change the scoring for a single goal to from <laughs> one point to six points, do you think that that would make the game more interesting as from like an almost like artificial standpoint? Because a point <laughs> is a point, but if you raise the actual number of points you get per score, would that make things more interesting or would it even matter? That's an interesting question, actually. I, I mean, I don't think it would... I mean, the way it is now, worldwide, I mean, you know, if you change it, it'll be like, why are you changing that? And that's <laughs> it doesn't need to change. Right. I think if you change it, you might want to change it for, like, the American market. But it's kind of like already MLS does things a little different than other leagues. Yeah. You know, with no relegation and also having, like, the their times differently than the most other leagues. I mean, you're kind of changing too much where... I don't know. I mean, and, and you know, you, you got to think about the core of the audience from MLS. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I don't have stats, but I'm sure it's like a lot more like, you know, Hispanics and maybe Europeans and, you know, some that are American, you know, like that did not have any connection, you know, with uh, America or Europe. So you kind of have to, I guess, think of your like, you know, your base, your core, like followers. If you change that, you're kind of changing it for something they're already used to. So I don't think yeah. it would make sense. I mean, you might be changing for like very few people just for them to get it, you know. So it's always oh, like football. Okay, cool. You know, I get it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, I don't think it would be ideal, but I don't know to be honest. <laughs> you guys, this has been a, a lot of fun. I'm glad that we all three got together and sort of collaborated on this particular podcast. <laughs> Rick, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. My name is Patrick Reno. I'm the host. Uh, I'm joined by Ryan Daly. And Rick Wainate, thank you for tuning in to the Cards podcast on RadCards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno. And until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.